This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Hello everyone. Welcome to Junior Doan's The Spark. Thank you for joining us. I'm Junior Doan. My guest today is Kathy Swarthout, co-chair of the Duffels of Love Project, which focuses on the needs of foster children in our community. I'm so happy you're here and I'm really eager to hear about your wonderful project, Duffels of Love. Go for it. Well, Duffels of Love is a partnership between the Noon Rotary of Midland, Michigan, and Midland County Department of Health and Human Services. So with that, what we did is we partnered with them and we found out that there was a need for foster kids to have a bunch of items that they needed, basic human items that they needed once they were pulled from their home environment or even sometimes the courtroom of basic things like toothpaste and shampoo and some clothes items and things like that, that a lot of these kids were pulled out of the, the home into a foster care situation with actually nothing at all. So foster care doesn't provide sort of the family with funds for those kinds of things, or this is a supplement? Well, oftentimes what happens when the kids are pulled out of a, an environment that they should not be in, right. at that point, many of them have nothing. Oh, or they might have yeah. time to gather a few things into a garbage bag and then they're ushered off to the foster home. And oftentimes the foster homes don't have enough time or I haven't see. been giving any notice that they have oh, an additional yeah. little ones coming in. So this is a bag that um, we'll be giving to them and it's age appropriate where oh. then they have some items that they can truly call their own. And um, we, we saw many situations where these kids really didn't even have anything at home that they could gather up to take with them, let alone um, go into a situation where maybe the foster family weren't prepared for them. They opened their doors to them, but they seriously were scrambling themselves to pull together even just shampoo, toothbrushes, a change of clothes, underwear, socks, and things like that. So when we saw the need, um, we, we rallied with them and uh, collected money and funded things that could go into these duffels. And then volunteers put them together? Yes, or we did. Or just walk us through the process. Yes, well, well, what we did is we had several fundraisers as well as trying to write for grants. Then what we did is if we didn't have the items donated because we did have collection sites around the Midland area, Midland uh, Center for the Arts was one, Midland Library was one, um, the community serve community center, center was one, um, my office, a couple other offices. We took in items. Then we also collected some fundage. At the noon rotary meetings, we collected items. 
then yes, we, we put them together and then we actually stuffed the bags that um, another organization had already donated duffel bags or backpacks. So we just filled them and made sure that they were tagged age appropriate for, <laughs> you know, so when the time come, they could just go into the Health and Human Services Department and grab a bag that they need and go. Um, Scott Stevens was, um, Stevenson, the Sheriff of Midland County was one that said that it's heart-wrenching when yeah. you see that these kids don't have anything. And so we heard stories. Um, we actually had adults come in that were foster kids at one time and said how heart-wrenching it was for them and what they were able to bring out, if anything. And so we made people cry, which helps get donations. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this an ongoing project, annual? Um, it will be ongoing for the Health and Human Services of Midland County, but as far as Rotary, um, we have moved on to a different project. We made awareness. We let the kids know that we do care. Um, some of our Rotary people have decided that is their call, and they're continuing to help with that program. But as far as the, our Youth Development Committee, we have moved on to a different project. Oh, interesting. So if you wanted to get involved, if that touch your heartstrings, what would you advise people to do at this point? You could either get a hold of a new Rotary member who would get a hold of a committee member and we could get you in contact with the person or um, you can always uh, just call the Health and Human Services Department of Midland County and I'm sure Audrey would take your take you on anytime you would need to help her. You know? How fabulous is that? Yes really. Kathy, you've been drawn to a need to, uh, uh, not a calling exactly, but you're drawn to help people. You believe everybody has something inside them that can make it better for somebody else. How did you raise your children? The same way. Um, they saw that I was always involved in things, which literally drug them into helping as well. Um, all my kids were involved at the school level and church level as far as to help others, even if it was as little as, okay, you're going to give up a Christmas present for the giving tree or you know and oftentimes they would volunteer it wasn't that I drugged them into it but they have saw as parents that we were always involved they still know that I am very involved and I see my children doing it as well so that's very good they know that they've been blessed you know even if it's just a, a warm place at night to sleep that's a blessing for a it lot is. of these kids you know so um, I hear so much of, the, well, your, your children are older now, but I hear so much about uh, young moms no longer say no to their children. There are different ways of saying distraction, you know, what about this, what about that. How did you have a, a policy about no or standards? Well, first of all, I had to come to grips with the fact that I'm the parent. The friendship will come later. You have to be a parent first. And I think those of us who have older kids know that that's the way it works, that if you're the parent when they're little and you say no and there's boundaries and there's accountability, that later the friendship will come. And it's amazing when, that, when, you, when you as a parent even realize, I got it, they got it, we're there. So, at last. <laughs> at last, yes. You're always a parent, yes. always, always. Yes. But when you realize that, and especially when you see them with their own children or out in the community, and when you hear them say things that you said that you know are truly good for everybody and you know that they're mimicking things that you've done and that you knew it, that you held a value. So. Now you're from a really large family. I am. So there must have been a few squabbles. What did your parents teach you along the lines of dealing with that? 
Well, first of all, you have to, you know, you, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to live with them, so figure it out and work with that. Um, my parents never let us go, you know, and I say, I think that's huge. And what I mean by that is they were always hands-on. We could make them extremely upset, but they didn't give up. I did the same thing with my kids. What parent isn't frustrated? But the last thing you can do is throw up your hands and say, I'm done. Never give up. You know, there's value there. There's always something there. It's amazing. So. We were chatting beforehand, and one of your children is a teacher in the schools and was commenting that they ex parents nowadays expect that schools to do everything. If he, I were interviewing him, or if you were just passing on some wisdom, what would you say to young moms about how they should be, other than remember you're the parent? I think it's, you have to cherish every minute that you have with them and make the most of every minute. And that's a reward that will be reaped on down the road. Even if it's as little as snuggling up with a book at the end of the day, or holding them when they're having their last bottle, to to making sure that your kids know that you're always willing to put down the phone and talk to them. You know, you can make dinner and talk to your children at the same time, and it's amazing. <laughs> you can turn off the radio in the car and have a conversation, and it's amazing what you'll learn. But listen, listen to them. So if they say even little things like, what did you do today at school? Nothing. You did nothing? Maybe we need to go back and try it again, you know? <laughs> or, or how about, how was math? today and you have to drag it out them a little bit but truly listen it's amazing what you learn when you really listen to your kids don't talk over them it sounds like the question is as important as the answer so what questions did you learn to ask that would elicit those kinds of conversations and answers I actually would target you know if I knew one of my kids were struggling with a certain child at school well how was so-and-so today you know, if they were struggling in a certain class, how was that today? How was your spelling test? You know, did you get this word right if you knew they were struggling with that word? You know, it eventually gets so they'll volunteer all the information and they want to talk to you, but you might think they don't, but they really do. So don't shut them down. So it's a teaching them a way to be specific, too, in it their is. answers. It is. It is. And how do you teach character? By example, I really feel that that's part of, you know, you have to show them that you're of true character and that you have a strong character and that you will stand for certain things and that you won't let other things go. But I, I really think that that's an example thing, not so much how you can teach them. Oh, I'm bossy. <laughs> And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with a young no. girl today? What's wrong with a young girl today standing up for herself and saying no? We don't do this kind of thing. This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people have to be given a, a suggestion. Well, there you go. But it's by example, too. If it's something that you would never do, you know. So. Yes. So we were talking earlier before the show about my new desire to do something about loneliness because I feel that... Um, when you come into the community, it's hard to get acquainted. When you're a, a widow or a widower, your life is topsy-turvy. It's hard to have those intimate moments. In the middle group, they're all on their devices. And I, I wondered if you had a suggestion about that, or if, if not so much about loneliness, but how to connect people, certainly by what you're doing. You're connecting, right? You're giving of yourself for this. But what would you say 
How would you, you were talking about Rotary and those young kids coming in and they looked a little, you know, what were they going to do? And I said to you, well, how would you do it differently or how would you invite them in? And you said through. You need to engage them. You need to realize that they're new to the situation or that it's, it's something new to them altogether. But you need to, to be conscious of the people around you and engage them in not only in your conversations but what you do. Oftentimes, I think people are looking for that. They're not going to volunteer, per se, but if you invite them, that seems to be a way opening the door. And even just, hello, how are you? And look at them when you say that. I know that's huge. But if you're always looking in a different direction, they know you're not interested. So you really need to engage the conversation. And even if it's just a friendly hello, so pull them into you. Let, let them know that you're there, too. I find that really interesting because I automatically do that. <laughs> and I find that it, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you say this doesn't really happen 100% or even 85% of the time. But it is a good learning lesson to look people in the eye and be gracious or be friendly or be welcoming. That's what you mean by engaging. Correct. Right. Yes, yes, very much so. And then probably give them something to do. Oh, there's oftentimes I call it where it's like a forced fund issue, you know, where, okay, um, I need help doing something, especially when we're working on these type of projects. You know, I need somebody to make some signs, all right? Why don't you do that for me? Don't, you know, just, you know, and then they'll say, well, I'm not really good at that, but I could help doing this. Great. You're figuring them out and you're letting them engage in things they can do. Um, everybody has a purpose. Everybody can help. Everybody can help somebody else. So that's one way I think you connect with some of these people that are feeling a little bit lonely is engage them in the community or in, in projects that you're involved with because they can take it and maybe they have better ideas. Yeah. You know, or fresh ideas. Yes. You know, those of us who volunteer a lot, we seem to get in a rut sometimes, but if you bring in new people, fresh ideas, stuff like that, it's amazing what you can do. Everybody can fly, especially if you need it, if you've got somebody to help you. Yes, I, I love that. I sort of do that. I like collegiality and who has what to say about this and, you know, go for the thing. How did you find your purpose in life? I feel I've always needed to help. I always say it's the third child of the family, you know, because you were always told, you, ha you know, there was always something to do and you always had to. Um, I, I really feel that my purpose is to help others and especially little ones, kids. Um, they are truly the ones that, you know, they don't know where to go. Yeah, They'll, th if they're so in a bad sad. situation, they will still love that bad situation to death if they feel that's their only, their only sense. So we as a community need to let them know, especially foster children, that it is, there is better out there and there are people who care. And that's where I feel. I, I, I've always been drawn to helping children. So. And how would you help people find their purpose in life? That's one thing I really like about Rotary. Um, we have many, many um, different committees. And we had a situation the other day with, where, with the situation that we're doing this year where one of the Rotary members said, you guys brought to me what I need to do. I need to help. This is where I'm going to focus my extra time is I'm going to help these kids that have suffered a loss and that they need the grieving process and I'm going to help them through a death of a family member. So, so in other words, it's sort of exposure to oh, a variety of things in life and see what touches your heart or your head. I think the best thing we, we can offer our children is well, 
is to be well-rounded. And what I mean by that is you might be really into sports, but you see that your child is not, okay? <laughs> yes. You may want to expose them to music, the arts, outside. You know, get them involved in more things. Broaden your horizons to broaden your children's horizons. You know, and definitely look at them as little individuals who know what they want. They know what they like, but expose them to other things too because you may touch on something they never thought of before. And there's nothing greater than looking on somebody's face and seeing the aha moment where they finally found something that is truly passionate to them. I think it's also true in marriage. I mean, I knew nothing about chemistry and chemical engineers and things like that, but I certainly learned oh, I bet. <laughs> because I was open to listening, oh, right, and, and taking it in, and your world gets bigger. And the other person, and, and my late husband, he took an interest in things that I weren't really high on his list because I was interested in it, and I think that just creates a, um, a multiplier effect in your world, just makes you a bigger, bigger world to live in together and to share. So the same same age the same thing i feel about uh, widowhood or is you i think to some extent we need to talk to all age groups and um we're you know that when something happens to a spouse um that's a, sometimes a very hard road but th what's what's interesting about it the people who are born and sort of live in your times as it were have a different memory because they have a different memory of the culture, they have a different memory of almost everything, and they can communicate slightly differently and perhaps more fully than the people who are younger having just sort of gone through that stage in their life or haven't met it, as it were. So anyway, I'm, I'm big on relationships these days because I don't think people know how to do them anymore. They, uh, they, 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 no one has time, as it were. And so that's another thing on my list to, uh, to personally, instead of doing so many projects and this and that, is to dedicate, you know, like you would exercise, some part that really spent on just being with a person. Well, I think sometimes, too, where you're going with that is when we were younger, we grew up in the same town as our grandparents and our parents were. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. So like my grandchildren are not being raised in the same town to, to visit with their grandma and their great grandma all the time. Yes. And I think that's part of what's going on with society too is they are in their own little world per se because we as a society has made it, made it for job reasons, for whatever reasons, that we're not all being raised in the same area in the same communities anymore. Another thing that's on my mind now that I'm getting so talky is that I, I don't think it's necessary to agree politically in order to be friendly. And I'm so, so surprised in the society, if you don't think A or B, that there's sort of, well, what do we have to say? I don't believe in any of that because I think you're so much bigger than your political beliefs. And um, I think that's just true about everything. You sort of look at the heart, at least I look at the heart of the person. Who are they? How have they chosen in life? Who have they become? You know, that's what interests me. And what interests me about our conversation, because at heart you are sort of experiencing what these young kids felt, you know, isolated, alone, unthought of. And to put your time towards something like that is showing love. Thank and so maybe that's what we're talking about, love. How do you live love? 
I hope every day I show that. You know, I know that I have been truly blessed. I have worked hard for what I have, but I also know that there's a lot of, especially little ones out there, that have worked very, have done nothing wrong, and, and they're in a bad situation. And we can help them, and we can let them know that there is a ray of hope out there, not only through programs that I work on, but forever and ever. And they can put them, pick themselves up, brush themselves off, and move on. They don't have to live under that rock. So when we as a community show somebody a little bit of love like that, I hope it's to lift the rock so that they know that they can crawl out from underneath that. And there are going to be a lot of people out there to help them if they're willing to help themselves. Talk to us a little bit about that. Lifting the rock? No, if they're willing to help themselves. I am a, I, you can't do something for everybody, just like you can't make somebody happy. They have to be open to that, every little individual. And kids are, you know, they really want to do that. They, and they will gravitate towards love. And I think if, there, if you show them that there is help out there with the smallest of gesture, that it's gonna make their world better and it's gonna make everybody's world better, which is love. You know, you're supposed to love everybody. And I believe in that, even if somebody's really been down on you, kill them with kindness. It's amazing what that does. What's your experience there? I say bless your heart an awful lot to a lot of people. And in my industry, we see not the greatest situations oftentimes. And so I just find that if you're kind to them, you know, they'll realize that you're there to help them. And it all works out better, you know. Um, don't be crabby back to somebody. You know, just let them know that you're there and that you do have some compassionate and care and that you do want to help them. You know, that's my way of doing things. Uh, what I was thinking is two things. Uh, lawyers, insurance people, they see the worst of people sometimes. But my own personal example, which I've talked about, when I married my late husband, I, we were driving down I-75 and there wasn't much room between cars. And this guy came along and he cut me off. And I said, do you see that, Ted? He didn't signal, he cut me off. You know, we could have crashed, da 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 And he said, Junior, cut him some slack. And as I live now in, his, in these times, I often feel if we only cut people some slack. So nowadays, when I get cut off, I get that thing. But I always say a little prayer for them. Maybe they go safely to where they need to go in health and happiness, and may it resolve well. Because we don't know, really, what drives people one way or another. I always say you don't know what goes on behind their doors. You know, so, you know, if they're having a bad situation, and especially with what I do in work, you know, you're right, I do see some pretty awful things. But I like to say, but what I do is going to give you that ray of hope and that help back up. How but, do you do that? Um, with what I do at work, it's making sure that they have the, the proper coverages and the right type of insurance. You know, that's what I do. And I tell people, I hope you never need it and that you hate me every time you write the check because that means you haven't needed it. But I want to make sure it's there if you do need it, you know. So, you know, I, I've had good success with that. And, it, and I do believe that's my way of helping people through work. Um, you're right. Um, you, I get to see the ugly side of things. But I also, nine times out of ten, I'll get a huge thank you when it's done. So that's how. You must have studied a lot to understand the field, huh? Um, I have studied a lot. I did, um, I've done it for a very long time. I put myself in that person's shoes. 
if this happened to me, how would I want to be treated? Yeah. If this happened to me, what is the help I would want? And that has really helped me. I, I have had clients that have wanted me to write their policies all over the United States, and I'll tell them, you know, I can do that, but that's really not good for you, because if I write, say, your home in Florida, and something happens, I can't tell you who's a good contractor or who's a good restoration company because I don't live in the area, so I really don't know. So I really feel that you need to get yourself in contact with somebody who can help you. And that's... You are remarkable. Well, thank you. <laughs> but that's, that shows great care in a professional sense. Rather than... It's not all about the money. It's about helping people with me. So... I, I am really so... <laughs> really so glad to, to hear that. Well, thank you for being here. So, we've learned several things from our chat today. One is a loving heart carries you far, and there are many places to do that. You can do it in your volunteer life. She's drawn to children. You can do that in your professional life. What she just said was very rare. But she also lived it as a parent, and that is, you don't need to be loved by your children until they grow up, but you need to set a good example for them. You need to design boundaries for them. You need to model good behavior for them. You need never to give up on them. And that also that you recognize as you help people that they have to do part of the work too. They have to be willing. But in everyone, there is a purpose in life and it helps to uh, find it. She has found hers, making things better for people, giving to them. But also, she explained how you can help others find their uh, purpose, and that is through exposure to different volunteer activities and perhaps even different ways of raising children and different ways of just being around, just smiling and being good to things. So as you go forward this week, I'm going to ask you what I always ask, and that is go out, do something kind, for someone you know and someone you don't know. Now you may ask what being kind is, but she gave a very good example. She said a smile, invite someone in, even ask them to do something as a way of getting them to participate. So remember, we're all here, we're here to help each other, and I hope this program helped you and took you bigger and doubles of love. Don't forget them, give to them, it's a good show. Thank you, Kathy. That Thank was you. lovely. To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones The Spark. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474.
or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov mctv.